The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. By tomorrow, I will rule the world! <laughs> I'm trying, I'm trying. <clears throat> hey, can you bring my levels up just a little bit? Hey, how you guys doing? A little more, a little more. Hey, how you guys doing? Hey, it's Tom Duggan here on the Paying Attention Podcast here high atop Two Guys Smoke Shop at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe in Salem, New Hampshire. My co-host and uh, occasional guest, Paul Morano, has made it today. Always good to see that. Welcome, Paul. We need to get that straight. I, the, my my official title. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if it should be co-host because I'm not here all the time. Maybe it should be occasional guest. Occasional guest. Yeah. Yeah. Special guest. I was gonna say pain, I was gonna say <clears throat> pain in the ass, but I'm not gonna do yeah? that because that's the kind of guy I am. Pia. Right. You're Pia special guest. So what do you have <clears throat> for us today, Paul? Well, what else is there? <laughs> it's all over all the media. You're talking about Brett Kavanaugh. I'm talking about the Kavanaugh charade. I do want to talk about that, but I do have one other thing that I do want to talk about. I'm not sure if it affected you, hmm. but uh, the Columbia gas situation in the Merrimack Valley. Watched it on the news. Um, as we know, those of you who have been following, we had a uh, huge disaster in Lawrence Andover and North Andover. Well over 100 homes went up, either blew up or caught on fire because of the uh, gas explosions. And Columbia Gas has begun the process of taking claims from people. They've given out uh, $100 or $200 cash cards to people that may have lost food in their fridge from losing power because all the power had to be Mm -hmm. cut out of this area. Um, They seem as though they seem as though they are working hard to try and get everyone's gas turned back on. But here we are three weeks later. And, and the people and still don't have their Most people power? still do not have their gas. Really? We have power, but no gas. And so the problem that this is going to, that this is going to lead to, uh, well, first of all, they're giving, they gave away um, not just cash cards, but they also gave away space heater, um, hot plates. Hmm. And from the hot plates that they've given out, we've now had at least that at my count, I don't know if Rich has more higher count than I do. At least five to seven fires in the Merrimack Valley from people using these the hot plates. These hot plates, and they also gave out space heaters. Because what's going to happen now? We're at the end of September. We're approaching October, and it's going to start getting cold, like mm-hmm. really cold. We sometimes even have our first snow in October. And my fear, and I've been saying this since day one, and nobody <laughs> is listening. Certainly, Columbia Gas is not listening. Columbia Gas is giving everybody one space heater per household. Well, I have five rooms. So if everybody huddles in one room and we use one space heater when it gets really, really cold, 
How does that stop the pipes from bursting in the other four rooms in my house? And so as soon as the temperature drops below freezing, you are going to have in mass hundreds of homes in the Merrimack Valley with pipes bursting everywhere. Well, before we get to that, can I ask you a question? Sure. <clears throat> First of all, what's taken them so long? And secondly, does it have anything to do with the cause of this? Have, have they uh, delineated exactly what happened, what the cause is? And is this the reason why they're trying to fix what, what happened in order for people to get their, well, their I, gas back? We don't know the answer to that. The excuse that we got or the story that we got, depending on if you believe them, I happen to not believe them, is that what caused this was a guy, a guy, like a single guy. A single person took a high-pressure line and hooked it up to a low-pressure line, and it backed up the gas into people's houses and exploded. This is somebody who worked there. Right. All right. Now, there's several problems with that theory, and I'm going to call it a theory because I don't believe it. Maybe they're telling the truth, but I don't believe it. Um, the problem is, are there in, in something of this magnitude, you can't tell me that there aren't backups and fail-safes to make sure that one guy can't blow up the entire Merrimack Valley. The other problem that I have with this is if they're, what they're saying is true, it's actually more scary because that means a terrorist can go and get a job at any gas company, wait till 2 o'clock in the morning when it's freezing in the middle of February, hook up a low pressure to a high pressure gas line and blow up an entire area of the country, like an entire community or several communities. Um, so I, I'm not buying their story. Maybe it's true because sometimes truth is stranger than fiction, but at the moment I'm not buying their story. To your second question, I don't know what's taking them so long. I would imagine that because there was so much damage to so many pipes underground that they have to replace all of them. Because or, of this one of them. act of this one guy, right. all of those pipes were damaged. Right. What? And they have to replace what's all Rich of them. What's Rich got? Let me see. He's going to hand ah. us something. A new snag, old electric system. Space heat is not safe in many homes. Yeah, well, it's what we, yeah. we were just talking about. Yeah, not good. Not good. So what we're going to have now in the right. next couple of weeks, if, if Columbia Gas doesn't get their act together, and they haven't gotten their act together, though it does seem like they're trying, um, you're going to start to see pipes burst all over the Merrimack Valley. And if, and if you think that the cost of replacing pipes and reimbursing people for what we've lost during the initial disaster is bad or is high, it's going to triple – because the minute pipes start bursting, what happens? You lose everything that people who didn't have house fires but just had their stuff turned off. Now they're going to lose all of their clothing and their furniture and their electronics. You're going to have um, wiring inside people's walls are going to have to be pulled out and replaced because there's going to be water inside the walls and you can't take those kind of chances. You could have, you could have a disaster of biblical proportions in the next two weeks as the result of this Columbia gas explosion thing, whatever we want to call it, uh, if I was CNN, I'd have a cool graphic and and, uh, and a name for it, but I don't. This um, <clears throat> it's not only uh, for heating houses, right? It's for heating water too. Yeah, most people or they, some people they have, don't have hot water. Don't have hot water. We, I'm I'm lucky. We have an electric uh, okay. hot water heater, so I've been able to take a shower through all of it. Uh, many people have not, and they still can't take a shower at home. They still have mm. no gas. They can't cook. Uh, imagine that you're a single mother with five kids mm. and you're working two jobs mm -hmm. and you've got a babysitter that comes over to be with your kids and now it's approaching October and it's starting to get down to like four, the low The low yesterday or the day before was 48 degrees. That's like 16 degrees away from mm. freezing. Mm. And 
This is New England. We do have, in the fall, days where it's 85 degrees, and the next day it's 31. And so I'm, I'm, I'm sitting back and I'm watching this, and uh, I do have sympathy for the people who work at Columbia Gas. They didn't do it. Uh, you know, the line workers, the people that are taking the phone calls. Um, I did get a shutoff notice from Columbia Gas last week for non-payment because I'm refusing to pay my Columbia Gas bill. And they sent me a shutoff notice, so I called them up. I swear to God, I did do this. I called them up, and I finally got a person on the phone, and I, she said, are you calling about your payment? And I said, no, I'm calling about not making a payment. And she said, I'm sorry, well, you owe, and she gave the amount. And I said, yes. But after you guys blew up my entire city, and I still have no gas, and I'm out food in my refrigerator, and I'm out a whole lot of bit money in my business because I now have Lawrence businesses that can't pay for their advertising because they're not, still not open. I still have several business advertisers not open. Oh, wow. You're crippling my business. You're crippling me at home. And now you're threatening me with a good time to come turn off my gas. Do me a favor, please. Come turn off my gas. I don't want to blow up too. Why are businesses not open? Uh, A a lot of businesses have have no gas. Well, look at Salvatore's just opened a few days ago Hmm. because all of their ovens are gas ovens. How do they serve Ah. food, right? And then you've got like the uh, Perez Funeral Home was closed for a long period of time. Well, I mean, how do you how do you um, um, work on a body and uh, you know all the stuff mortuary guys do if there's no heat, right? Mm. You're like you're working in a basement in the cold, or if the person wants to be cremated, how do you cremate the person without any gas? Yeah, I don't know. So you've got you've got several businesses at least who advertise with me, and I've told them, look, I get it. You can't pay your bill right now. I get it. And I feel really bad because they're not even going to get the benefit of the advertisements that they bought this month because they're not open, right? Yeah. So you've got Columbia Gas is really, I mean, uh, this is a real debacle. And I feel for the people who work at Columbia Gas, especially the people trying to fix the problem. But the people high up at Columbia Gas, the CEO of Columbia Gas, I'd love to have him on the show. I would love to have him here. Um, the CEO, the people that the people on the board of directors, the shareholders at Columbia Gas, they need to get off their ass and they need to find a way to get this done faster. And I don't care if that means hiring more contractors. I don't care if that means a little bit more of an inconvenience by shutting down more roads to replace pipes faster. But they really need to get their act together in the next week. I mean, they really don't have a lot of time. And it's a serious inconvenience for everyone in the Merrimack Valley. It's certainly been an inconvenience for me. I've been very tolerant because we didn't lose a lot. But now that we're starting to see some of the things that we did lose that we didn't realize at the beginning, like the advertising dollars and the, and the businesses that can't pay, now it's starting to add up and now I'm getting pissed off. Mm. And there's nothing you can do about that. What, what, right? what, how, what do I do? I don't know. Right? I mean, they're going to have to – at some point, they're going to have to recompensate. They're going to have to compensate but us that kind of for stuff, all though? of this. For, for lost business? They're going to have like, – it's their fault. I understand, but I, I, is there a mechanism that uh, forces well, them to do this? It damn well better be because I haven't hired mm. a lawyer and I'm not signing off on a class action lawsuit because you only end up getting, getting pennies when you go in with a group. But at some point, I am going to talk to a lawyer and I know mm. a lot of really good lawyers because I get sued a lot. And if I have to use the same lawyer that I'm using in the Jujuga lawsuit, who's Alex Hess in Boston, who's amazing um, and very expensive... Uh, if I have to, if I have to do that, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go that route. Yeah. But they really need to get off their ass. And they need to, they need to fix this problem 
fast. And Tom, the other factor is, I believe, National Grid locked out their gas workers who would normally jump in to help. Right, with this, right, because they, they have a they have a strike going on, right? It's not a strike; it's a lockout. A lockout. The, com- the company locked them out. Wow, wow, <laughs> what a debacle! Like Al Qaeda couldn't have done a better job if they tried. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like. I, I, this whole thing is is it's bizarre, and yes, I get it that it happened. Well, I tell you, it's it's you're lucky that it isn't in December and January. Right, right. Imagine if this was the middle but, of February yeah. and there was a foot of snow on the ground. Pipes all over the Merrimack Valley would be bursting in everybody's house. Like, think of how many homes that is. That's huge. I didn't realize that gas was so fragile. Well, it shouldn't be. And what I don't understand, and there really should be some kind of government intervention on this. People should go to jail. Why are there no fail-safes? If one guy can hook up one line to the wrong place and do this much damage, why were there no fail-safes on the other end? Why along that pipeline wasn't there something that would recognize the pressure was too high and shut it down halfway? Or once the first home blew up, why didn't it have a fail-safe mechanism that would shut down the rest of the system because one home blew up because of this? There's a lot of questions that have not been answered. There's a lot of questions, by the way, by our feckless local media that haven't been asked. And so I've given Columbia Gas an opportunity to try and get their act together before I, before I, I sick the Valley Patriot on oh. them. But, it's, but, that, but those days are, are, are waning. Uh, it's coming very quick. There's a steamroller coming up 93, and, that, and it's heading toward you guys. That, that Valley Patriot has fangs. Well, listen, the Boston Globe and the rest of them can be bought. They can be bought. We had a story we were going to go with. Um, somebody called us about a, about a story that had to do with UMass Lowell and the rape, uh, the rapes that weren't being reported at UMass Lowell. Um, it was given to me by a guy at the Lowell Sun who said that they that people on campus went to the Lowell Sun with this story about how UMass Lowell was covering up rapes, and they were all set to write the story. And when they called UMass Lowell for a comment. Uh, within three or four days, there were full-page ads by UMass Lowell in the Lowell Sun. I think it was the Lowell Sun. Don't hold me there. But I'm pretty sure it was the Lowell Sun or it was one of the Boston papers. That there were full-page ads hmm. and that one of the news channels in Boston was also going to do a story on this. And suddenly there were ads on their channel. Millions of dollars in ads from UMass Lowell. The reason the Valley Patriot has the fangs, we can't be bought. As poor as I am, if Columbia Gas said, hey, look, we'll give you a million dollars if you just let this go. Sorry, I'd love a million dollars, but to me, the story's more important. Mm -hmm. So they've really got days before I stop making phone calls before, uh, and I've had workers from Columbia Gas call me and tell me some stories. We mentioned it a couple weeks ago. How many people have died? One, surprisingly, surprisingly, with all of the carnage and all of the devastation, only one person Any Any hospitalized, do you know? Many were hospitalized, including firefighters who were fighting these fires on the first day and day and a half. So I know it's something that everybody's dealing with. I wanted to start the show with that, even though we've got a lot of other political topics to talk about. Uh, If you are a Columbia gas worker and you know of things that are untoward going on in your company, please feel free to reach out. If you are married to – actually, we get better tips from, from wives. Like cops don't call us to give us tips. Their mm. wives call, call us because they can't. They don't want to lose their job. Mm. But their wives will call us. So if you are the wife of or the husband of a Columbia gas worker and you'd like to share a story with us, please reach out because I am going to start um, an investigation of our own. And we have a great network. And we will find out. We will get to the bottom of this. Um, it's it's just so sad that all of this is happening. 
I do. I want to say it for a third time. I do feel so bad for the Columbia Gas workers because they didn't do it, and I've seen them show up at different places, and a mob will form, and people will start screaming at them mm. as as if it was their really? fault. Like, yeah, like like the workers they're trying to fix it, and they've got people like you know crowding around them and giving them shit about it. Um, and so I do feel bad for them. Um, and I, I would encourage people to stop doing that. The people that are trying to fix the problem and not the people that caused the problem. It's the people high up. Um, but something needs to be done. It needs to be done fast. And we need to have hearings on this. I don't know if it's a congressional hearing. I don't know if it should be a hearing of the state Senate in Boston. But there needs to be a public accounting for exactly how this happened, what was done about it. Um, who and, was, and if it can happen again. Who was held accountable for it. Um, and we need, we need some and, – and, and what's going to be done for the people – who are going to have continual problems now. This is not going to be six months from now and it's over. Hmm. Like even when they finally do fix all the gas lines and everything else, it's not going to be over. There's so much more that they have to compensate people for. Imagine you've got a business or you've got kids. I mean, it's, it's crazy, Paul. You weren't affected at all up in Nashville, right? Nothing. Wow. Well, you're lucky because it could be you next. Yeah. Well, we considered uh, part of the Merrimack Valleys, but uh, nothing. Nothing over that west side. I don't know. What do you do? So, all right. What else do we have? We've got the uh, the the one thing everybody's talking about today, Brett Kavanaugh, and I've got a lot of thoughts on that, Paul. Um, I figured you would. I'm I'm still not sure why we're even entertaining a woman with a claim that she never went to the police with. And and, and please stop. Don't send me emails. Sexual assault victims normally don't come forward because I don't care what the because is. She didn't go. And she's not on trial. So it doesn't matter why she didn't go to the police. It doesn't matter why she didn't report it. The fact is she didn't report it. Well, it's- and if you are the accused, there needs to be evidence. And police reports are evidence. And her going to people and telling people is evidence. And that doesn't exist. So why we're even entertaining this idea when even if it happened, let's just say for the sake of discussion, Brett Kavanaugh did try to rape this woman in high school. He has led an exemplary life since then. He's never been arrested. He's never been accused of rape. He's never been accused of sexually assaulting anybody. He's never had a temporary restraining order taken out against him by an ex-girlfriend. He's never had, he's lived an exemplary life since then. So even if it is true, what is the point of coming out 36 years later to stop him from being on the Supreme Court? He's not working in a school. Right? He's not working with children. He's not going to be a police officer carrying a gun. He's going to be sitting in an office interpreting the Constitution. I don't even understand why this is a discussion. How, how is this even a discussion, Paul? Well, it, I see that smile and I know I'm just, in trouble. I know way, I'm in trouble. If somehow I asked a question he's got an answer for. It's just way too obvious why this <laughs> because Because uh, Roe versus Wade is being uh, threatened. That's exactly why this is happening. But you're right. This is a. Uh, it's what kind of precedent does this set that you can conjure people up, whether they're telling the truth or they're lying. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. Uh, that point at this at this uh, juncture doesn't matter. That you can conjure this kind of thing up and bring people in in the last minute in order to stop something for political ends. Mm-hmm. What kind of precedent does this does this uh, carry? And it's just um, there's got to be some kind of line saying. Up until this point, uh, we can't have any surprise guests. And we were at that point. It was the 11th hour. The hearings were mm. over. 
and they were about to take a vote on this guy. Mm. And the Democrats realized that, oh, my God, we weren't able to stop this nomination. The Republicans have the votes. What do we do? Hey, let's find somebody to do a sexual allegation. And they dug this woman up. Now, again, she might be first. She might be wrong, but believe what she's saying is true. Right. We know people. Yeah. Right. People, human beings. Her perception of this might be um, sincere. Mm hmm. Yeah, that doesn't necessarily mean it happens that way. Right. People misremember yeah. things all the time. If you watch this show, you know that because I'll come on here and we'll talk about something and I'll say it happened on a Thursday and it really happened on a Monday. Or I'll say it was three years ago and it was really five years ago. Um, I'll say that, you know, Bill was in the room when Bill actually wasn't in the room. Our memories are not perfect. And so it's perfectly possible that she believes what she is saying, that something did happen to her, but it still might not have been Brett Kavanaugh. But I, I keep coming back to, but so what? So or, what? Or it might have been Brett Kavanaugh, but uh, the details might have been all different. Right. Maybe he was just fooling around with her and he thought that she was saying... On board with it. On board with having a little fun. And I put fun in, parent, in uh, quotes. Not to, not to rape her or to assault her, but just to whatever right. they were doing. Right. Uh, wrestling on the bed. Who knows? Uh, and then uh, and then she interpreted it this way, and right. she remembers it that way now. Who, right. So you're right. There, that's one possibility that she might be genuine or sincere in her memories, which may be objectively false or not accurate. We've all been it's in relationships. We've all been in relationships. I've been in long-term relationships. Paul is now married, so I'm sure he can speak to this. If you've been, if you're a guy and you've been in a long-term relationship, at some point during that relationship, you're going to say or do something that the person you're with is going to be outraged by and run out of the room because they misinterpreted what you said, <laughs> right? And when they put their hand on their hips and go, "What is that supposed to mean?" You know, you're in trouble, right? <laughs> but it wasn't. She took it. The, she took it a totally different way. So you're right. Yes. But we shouldn't have to go through the nuances of all of these things. Thirty-six years later, if there was a police report, if she had reported it to the campus police at college or at high school had she uh has she had kept it in a diary maybe she pulled her diary from 36 years ago and said Brett Kavanaugh raped me I would say you know what it's it may have happened but again doesn't matter to me it doesn't matter or, I, I mean, or at least she she honestly thought that she was being raped right maybe maybe Kavanaugh said you know didn't think so and she's not even accusing him of rape She's right. accusing right. him of trying to rape of her. Of groping her. Of groping her. Liter- literally, that's what the accusation right. is. They shut the door behind me, and he got on me and started groping me, right. basically. I'm... And then she went the next step and said, and I thought that he was going to rape me, but luckily... Or kill me. Luckily, said, or, kill me. or kill me. No, she didn't think that he intended to kill her. Right. She thought that he might have killed her inadvertently. Mm-hmm. But she thought that he perhaps intended to rape her. But it's just her thought. That's a lot you, of you maybe's. No, that's a lot of maybes and perhapses. And it's, and it's in somebody's bedroom. So right. I mean, who knows? Nobody knows. So let's get to all the all these um, political partisans um, and people who are obviously zombies and brainwashed, who are all over cable news the last twenty four to forty eight hours, saying we're always supposed to believe hmm. the woman by virtue of her having a vagina. Women can never lie. Men lie, but women can never lie. And, and you hear people like, uh, uh, and I can't remember her name, the, the senator from Hawaii, the senator from New York, mm-hmm. saying, women don't make these things up. Really now? 
Because I know a couple of Duke lacrosse players that might disagree mm. with that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. What, some women do make it up. Of course they do. Others have uh, exaggerated experience or exaggerated memories from traumatic experiences that they perceived. You don't know. And it was 36 years ago, and he was 17, she was 15. Uh, no witnesses, no, no evidence. Um, what can you do at this point? No. It, and what's the purpose of doing this at this point? It's to prevent... A person who supports, or at least is perceived as not supporting Roe versus Wade from being on the court. I see it as a very hateful, vengeful thing that she is doing. Hmm. What kind of a hateful, vengeful person do you have to be to come forward 36 years later to destroy a guy's life over something that happened 36 years ago? Look, I've I've had people do terrible, horrible things to me. And then I pick up the paper one day, and I see they're running for office. And my first thought is... I could destroy this guy with one phone call. But hmm. why? But then but I'm a good person. So in the back of my head, uh, the little voice says, but why would you? He doesn't, because you don't uh, threaten, you're not a threat to Roe. That's why. I see. That's why. That's it. It's all about abortion, you're saying. Of course it is. Everybody knows that. I don't think you're wrong and, about and, that. And I think that's the reason why they did it at the 11th hour instead of earlier, like they were supposed to do according right. to the rules is so that they can keep stalling and stalling right. until the midterm elections, right. hoping that, of course, you know all this, hoping that they get the Senate back and that, that they have enough congressmen to uh, to either impeach Trump or vote against this guy, Kavanaugh. Um, and so here's what Trump should do right now. Then we're, we're going to get, we have a clip that, here that for That seems you. to be the, uh, the, the plan, the, the underlying plan. Here's what Trump should do now, and then we get a clip we're going to play. All right. Trump should immediately remove Kavanaugh's name put up somebody else, rush him through, get him, a, get him confirmed before the midterm, and move forward. And then nominate Kavanaugh for the next one. Maybe, maybe nominate him for the next one when the Republicans win, because I really think the Republicans are going yeah. to win the midterms. But we don't know that. So mm. remove Kavanaugh's name. It's horrible. It's horrible that this guy's not going to end up being on the Supreme Court because of this crazy accusation from 36 years ago that even if true is completely irrelevant... And I don't want to hear we should listen to women and this is insensitive and it's awful. We should believe her. Uh, you know what? Again, who are the people that are saying that? Aren't Democrats. They, aren't they the ones that said that uh, the bimbo eruptions of uh, Juanita Broderick yes. and, and Catherine yes. Wiley and all of those folks? Weren't they just saying that those were bimbos that shouldn't be listened to? And isn't it funny that the same people that are saying men should be able to go into <laughs> women's bathrooms are the same people saying that all men are rapists? Can't listen, men are rapists. We can't listen to anything they say. They're all a bunch of liars. Of course they're going to lie about it. Yeah. But men should be able to go into women's bathrooms. Yeah, that's a how good do idea. You, how do you square that? Like, seriously. So here's the thing. I've been thinking about this now since last week. All right. Right what? before last week's show, it hit me. I'm an, I'm an employer, right? Okay. I own a newspaper. I have uh, several other ventures. I have people who work for me. Under the law passed by Democrats... I'm not allowed to go back more than 10 years in someone's background, someone's yeah. criminal background, if they're going to work for me. If someone comes to my office and they want a job, I can't ask them if they're gay. I can't ask them if they're married. I can't ask them if they have children. I can't, obviously, I can't ask them what kind of sex they had in high school, mm. right? This guy's applying for a job, and you have the Senate acting as the employers who are going to hire this guy for the job by a virtue of their vote, yes or no. And yet, these same Democrats who pass these laws that allow that allow felons to vote, that uh, want us to uh, wipe away the criminal 
backgrounds of people more than 10 years old, et cetera, et cetera. These same people are now sitting there asking Brett Kavanaugh what kind of sex he had in high school. Are you a, were you a virgin in high school? Uh, when, when was the first time you had sex? Uh, did you rape this woman? Did you try to rape this woman? It seems to me as though the Democrat Party at the national level and at the state level, at all of the state levels, want the rules to apply to everyone but them. Yeah. They want the rest of us to hire felons and not be able to go back in their background. Here's another crazy law that they passed. Hmm. I fired somebody for stealing. Right. I had somebody who worked for me who stole. She went and applied for another job and was dumb enough to put me down as a reference. <laughs> so I take the phone call. And I actually have a lawyer friend of mine sitting in the room. So I got the lady on speaker. She says, I'm calling to talk to you about so-and-so. She applied for a job. What kind of worker was she? So my lawyer friend hit mute and said, don't tell her that you fired this girl for stealing. It's illegal. So what do you mean it's illegal? It's illegal. You can't tell her that you fired somebody for stealing. You can't tell her that what, what this person did. I'm like, what are you talking about? Then why are they calling? They're, they want to know how, what kind of a worker she was. So I got back on the phone and I said... Something to the effect of, in order to not be breaking the law, according to my lawyer friend, I said, well, here's what I can say about that person. They no longer work here. Um, Nobody who works for me ever quits. Everybody who's ever worked for me has stayed, unless I fired them. She no longer works here. And the only time I've ever had to fire anybody was for stealing. (laughs) So I'm not going to say she stole, and I'm not going to say, but that's what I'm going to tell you on the phone. All right, just to stay in compliance with these stupid Democrat laws that tie the hands of good people and advocate for thieves and murderers and rapists. And isn't it just amazing that this same Democrat Party, the people who are running the Democrat Party at the national and at the state level in Massachusetts, are just flaming hypocrites, just flaming hypocrites. They want the laws for everyone else but them. And now they're going to sit there and go back A, 36 years ago, and B, ask this guy about his sex life. As a, an adolescent. Yeah, as, as a, a minor. As an adolescent. There you go. That's what's happening right now. And I don't know. If, is he on right now? He, uh, or is, 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 either, he's, either he's on now or he's coming on soon. Yeah, let's ask people to tune away from us and go watch that. <laughs> that was a great idea. Thanks for that. But so that I, should be interesting. You weren't here last week, Paul, but I had uh, Havel Chief Alan DeNaro on the show. And we started the show, uh, I asked him about the Kavanaugh thing. I said, I know it's not really your thing. I know you came to talk about other things. But I'm curious because you're hiring guys right now. Yeah. And so I'm asking you if you've gone through the background process and you've, and you've uh, whittled it down to like the 10 guys you're going to hire and everybody's background checks out and, and everything checks out and you're about to make the hire and someone walks into the Haverhill Police Station and says, one of the guys you're about to hire to be a police officer... Now, your police officer is going to carry a gun, right? Yeah. So you, this is something that you would, want to, you'd want to know about a guy that wants to be a cop. He's not going to be a judge. I said, how would you handle that if someone walked in and said, 36 years ago, this guy tried to rape me in high school? And I think his answer was bizarrely wonderful. Go ahead, uh, Ed. Supreme Court, but I think there's a parallel there. I mean, the, well, it wouldn't be the same because you can't, we can't even hire you if you're over 32. Okay. So, I mean, that it would have to be a much tighter frame. But if there was no reports done, there was no investigation done, uh, there were no arrests, there was no prosecution, civil service wouldn't even let us use that as a bypass. Reason. Really? So, yeah, I mean, and, and the way I believe under uh, Governor Patrick is that they've now limited the quarries to, I believe, 10 years and then things drop off and they can't be used. So 
it's significantly different than it was 20, 30 years ago mm -hmm. in the hiring process. But, you know, in regard to a national story like this, you know, to go back 38 years when there was never a report taken and, and there was nothing done and obviously the facts get cloudy after a while and it, it's very difficult to to actually take something like that and say, yeah, we're going to go ahead and prosecute. First of all, you can't even prosecute for that. It's right. so old. So it's it's something that, you know, as far as in, in law enforcement, it was something that would be, if they came into the station tomorrow, it would be uninvestigatable. For Thank us. you, Ed. Right. Thank you. So, so I would think a police officer who has the right to take a life, who's carrying a gun, who goes into rape situations, child mm -hmm. molestation situations, that's going into people's homes for domestics, I would think that if that guy raped somebody in high school, you might want to know about it before you hire him, and you might not want to hire him. But according to the chief of police in Haverhill, Massachusetts, because of the Deval Patrick, a Democrat, yeah. laws, they can't even go back more than 10 years. And other stuff, they can't go back even like less than 10 years. So these are Massachusetts laws. Yes. Okay. All right. So these same Democrats, <clears throat> the same Democrat party that tells employers, police departments no less, that they can't go back more than 10 years, want to go back 36 on, on Brett Kavanaugh. And I, I, thought that was, I thought that was a stunning answer. I didn't expect that answer from him. Hmm. I expected him to waver. You know, yeah. we, get, you know, we get people on here all the time. They don't want to delve into those kind of things. But it's one of the reasons I like Haverhill Police Chief Alan DeNaro. I thought that, I thought that answer was bizarrely wonderful. I, yeah. Uh, and I think um, in, one of the things you're indirectly saying is what does an event or two when you're 16 or 17 years old, how does that relate to how you can do your job as a Supreme Court justice? Right. Because he's, like you say, he's not a police officer. He's not going to be carrying a gun. Right. So does it affect you? That's the question. It, or should that be the question? Should that be the criteria? Does behavior X in the past affect your ability to do your job today? Is that the question? I think that's the question. That's the question that they're trying to put and out. And if that's and not the question, then all you're doing is using something of 36 years ago to try to... Uh, destroy somebody. Destroy somebody. Yeah. yeah. So I think the other thing that bothers me about this, because I've given it a lot of thought, I've had false accusations against me, and uh, I've beat all of them uh, because they were false. Um, but I think the other thing that bothers me here is, what message are we sending to young boys and young girls? Now, I thought that young boys and girls were supposed to be building their self-esteem. Thought mm -hmm. we were supposed to be that that was like that's the whole liberal construct, right? It was to be building their self-esteem. But what this is teaching, especially young boys, is that for any mistake you make for the rest of your life, you're screwed. Mm. That don't even bother trying to achieve your dream. Because if you made a mistake in high school, if mm. you made a mistake in grammar school, Someone's going to use it right, right, right before you get to the finish line, right before you're able to achieve your dream. The day before an election, say you're a Salem, New Hampshire state representative, mm. right, before, right before you win an election, someone's going to come out of the woodwork with something to try and screw you. And notice how they only come out of the woodwork for politicians. For yeah, yeah. Well, for, of course, for Republican, Republican politicians. politicians. But, but why, why does the plumber get to have his job and his livelihood right. if he did something right. in high what, school? So we're supposed to deny people jobs I, now based I, on what happened in high school or what allegedly happened in high school with no evidence. I'm looking for consistency. Me too. And I'm not uh, saying that there's – I mean, I do believe, probably stronger than you, that 
if what Kavanaugh is alleged to have done actually happened, I think it's it's a horrible evil that well, should be rectified, course. and that um, that this kind of thing has got to go in society. Um, having said that, the question is, how do you know whether it happened or not 36 years ago? Well, you have to have evidence, and you're going to have some kind of evidence where other people there, people weren't, people aren't coming out of the woodwork to say, "Yes, I was there, and this happened." The message that we're sending to boys is that even an allegation is going to destroy mm. your life later on down the road. It also teaches mm. boys to distrust women, right? It also teaches employers and men to not hire women. Mm. Because why, why, why would I, if I have a choice, right, and I can mm. hire three guys or three women, why would I hire a woman knowing that the minute I piss her off or I threaten to fire her, she's going to claim I tried to sexually molest her I've heard, or sexually harass her? I've heard business owners say that about uh, black people, mm-hmm. that if you say something uh, perceived to be racist, you can be sued. Why bother hiring people, uh, minority people if this is going to happen? But to why them? put yourself at risk? And yeah. so, I, so that it also creates that culture. What's going on right now also creates that culture. I have way more on this, but we're really short on time for a break. Let's take a quick break. Is that right? We're at thirty-six. That is correct. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We come back. Uh, I want to talk about innocent until proven guilty. Apparently, now in the United States Senate, the government has taken a position that you are guilty until proven innocent. And the, the onus is on you to prove your innocence, not on the accuser to prove your guilt. A&M Auto Body, we got our friend Angelo over there, Angelo Memolo over there. He does great work on your car. So if you got a ding in your car, somebody hits you, you got a mechanical problem, you bring it to A&M Auto. He's on South Broadway in Lawrence on Inman Street. Angelo will take care of you. Um, so what's the address there? 341 Three, South Broadway, Lawrence, Massachusetts. Then we got Joe Zingales, Rosanna Zingales-Lopez from Century 21. They have been with us from the very first edition of the Valley Patriot. They've been with us from the very first Paying Attention show, which was in 1999, back when he was Remax. He's not Remax anymore. Now he's Century 21, Team Zingales. And they sponsor our bash. They gave a $1,000 scholarship this year. They gave a $2,000 scholarship last year. And that money comes right out of their pocket. That's not like they're collecting money from other people and just using it like I do. They actually took money out of their pocket. So I don't know why these guys love me so much. I really don't. But Twin Lights, let me tell you how, how dedicated I am to helping my sponsors. The guys at Twin Lights Security needed an extra security guy to do private investigations and to do security for a certain thing in Boston, and they posted it on my page and asked if it was okay if they could use my page to solicit hiring people, and I said, you know what? As busy as I am, these guys sponsor the show. They sponsor the Valley Patriot. They give us $1,000 for the bash. I'm going to go work for these guys. So I called up Pat McLaughlin, and I said, look, you help us every single time we need something. Whenever I put out a call, you're there. If you need an extra person in your short... I'll take the night off and I'll come work for you. And so I, ha- so I have been. I've been doing some work for them because they're helping us. And so there's no reason why I shouldn't be able to find a way to help them in the meantime. So if you need security or if you're getting divorced and you need a private investigator, if you have a business and you need a private investigator or security, uh, you want to call Twin Lights Security. They're based out of Gloucester, but they're very local. If while I'm driving around Lawrence, I get shot and killed... Make sure you get my body to Perez Funeral Home because we do business with the people who do business with us. And he's on South Broadway. With the, it, it's the old Scott Funeral Home. If, you were, if you're an old-time Lawrence resident, it's the old Scott Funeral Home on, on South Broadway. 
Perez Funeral Home at 298 South Broadway in Lawrence. Um, you can, they do crematory services. They do all the stuff that they're supposed to do, right? And uh, Mike's a, a big fan of the show. He followed us when we go live. He's in advertising now in the print edition of the paper, and he's now sponsoring this program. Perez Funeral Home and Crematory Services, 298 South Broadway in Lawrence. We appreciate him. Franklin Veloz from Veloz Auto Group. Uh, he specializes in people that have uh, maybe bad credit, no credit. Maybe you haven't had a job for a long period of time, so you don't think that maybe you qualify for a car loan. Usually, you know, they want you to have a job for a year or more. Uh, he specializes in getting people who have bad credit or no credit or maybe spotty credit, uh, getting them into a used car. He used to work for Charlie Dare's Commonwealth Motors for a long, long time, so he knows his stuff. I think he was the credit manager over there or something. So he knows what he's doing, and, um, and he follows us live, too. I really appreciate that he does. Every time I see him pop on, I'm very excited about it. And I was there yesterday to deliver his newspaper, and he said he's already had customers come in from us talking about him on this show. So we appreciate Veloz Auto Group. Go see Franklin. He's at 17 Mass Ave. It's right at the very beginning of Mass Ave on the Lawrence North Andover line. All right, we're back, Paul. All right, before we get back into the discussion, I was honored on Sunday. I'm going to put this here. I don't know if you guys can see it. But I was honored on Sunday. My good friend, and he is a friend, Richard Lawrence, who was part of the civil rights movement, um, he marched with Martin Luther King. But, Martin, but also, way more to his credit, Martin Luther King marched with him in Chicago. Called him and marched with him. Okay. In Chicago. He just wrote a book called Light, Bright, Damn Near White. He is a black man who grew up in Andover, but has very light skin. And he wrote this book. I actually read about half of it last night. It's really, truly amazing. Um, Light, Bright, Damn Near White by Richard Lawrence. I encourage all of you. It's a very short book. It's a very quick read um, about his time in the civil rights movement, growing up in Andover, and the racism that he found, not just from white people who found out he was black, but black people who treated him differently because he had lighter skin which I found very fascinating because Richard Lawrence is a living, breathing example that racism is not a white disease. Never has been. I've, I, you just talk to people in Latin American cultures and African cultures, and they, they all say that lighter-skinned dark people uh, get treated better than uh, darker-skinned dark people. In every country in the world. And they're all stereotypical when it comes to that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, everybody has that racial uh, awareness, if you will, that uh, they're not... Uh, most of them aren't called racist unless they're white people. So Richard gave a talk at the West Parish Church in Andover. I went to it. Of course, it was all a bunch of um, Democrat liberals who are, you know, fawning for the old days of the civil rights movement. They, you know, they, they all want to relive it. Um, and um, it, was, it, was, it was quite the experience for a Trump-supporting right-wing Tea Party guy. Where were you? Uh, West Parish Church. In, huh. It's not with the gay flag outside. Oh, yeah. It's not really a church, obviously, mm. but... Um, they pretend to be a church. So um, I was very honored to be there. I was, I was uh, enlightening to listen to some of the questions. Uh, it was even more enlightening to listen to his answers. One of the things he said, I think we actually went live on this for a little while. One of the things that he said, and then we're going to get back to Kavanaugh, uh, was that the worst thing that Hillary Clinton did yeah. during the election was to call half of the Trump supporters deplorable by dehumanizing them. 
And he talked about walking the walk, that if, if we as liberals, if we as Democrats, as we, uh, we as civil rights supporters um, are going are gonna to advocate for certain things, we need to walk the walk. I'm paraphrasing, obviously. Yeah, in other words, you have to be consistent in your principles. Right. The left is not consistent at all in their principles, and that's the problem with right. their, with their uh, ideology. So back to, um, back to this Kavanaugh discussion. Brett Kavanaugh, very close to being on the Supreme Court. Um, if he gets on the Supreme Court, um, even after all of this, if he gets on the Supreme Court, now I worry that because he was accused of all of this stuff, that he'll overcompensate. That he'll try to overcompensate, and he'll be he'll be advocating uh, for Roe versus Wade. I, I hope not. Just to show people that he doesn't that he doesn't hate women. He's not a rapist. I don't, well, I don't. So think, that's uh, that's why I think that the president just needs to withdraw the nomination. I hate that. I hate that we have to be in this position because he's going to suffer for something that may never have happened. Clarence Thomas didn't overcompensate. No, he didn't. That's one good, good no. thing about it. He, no, he's never said a word on the court. Uh, oh, you know how they deliberate uh, mm-hmm. verbally, and sometimes it's on camera for us to see? He never says anything. Right. And uh, perhaps because he was so traumatized in that situation with Anita Hill. But right. uh, I don't think he's ever capitulated in any, any, of, his, um, any of his voting. I think uh, when people talk about how we're supposed to believe the victim, yeah. they first need to be deemed a victim. We can't just say that mm. because they made an accusation that makes them a victim. We need to believe them. But He's the, an, She's an accuser. Accuser. But I also think that what is purposely being shoved under the rug here is what about the victims of false accusations? What about those guys on the Duke lacrosse team that, that never get their lives back? What about this guy? It was, we mm. just posted a video last week. The football player, the high school football – was a college football player, Rich? Uh, a high school football player who was accused of rape, and she admitted she lied. She yes. admitted she lied. That Yet just we, happened recently. Yeah, yeah, but we hear on CNN every day, women don't, women don't lie. Yeah. Women never make this stuff up. And I, I think if we're going to have empathy for victims of sexual assault, which we obviously should, we also need to have empathy for men who are falsely accused. Their reputations are destroyed. Yes. Whether it's true or false, yes. it's destroyed. Yes. So, um, and maybe this, maybe this, it shouldn't go public. Maybe this accuser, uh, Kavanaugh's accuser, should have been something handled privately. Yeah, they all should have done it in executive session. And then yeah. if they found that her accusations were credible, yeah. then maybe bring it out into the open. But we are now in a, in a place in our culture where if you are in a prescribed or non-prescribed category of demographic, white men, old white men, um, uh, other categories, conservatives, Christians. Unless you're a Democrat. That you are, right, unless you're a liberal. Yeah. Um, you, are, you are deemed guilty before proven innocent. Yes. And that the onus is on, we heard Kristen Gillibrand and the, uh, the idiot senator from Hawaii both make statements that, A, they believe her, which is weird because they hadn't heard her testimony yet. Right, right. And B, that the, that the onus is on the defendant, the person being accused to prove he didn't do it. And the, and the excuse that we got was even worse. When challenged, both Kristen Gillibrand and the other idiot from Hawaii both said that this is not a court of law. The Constitution doesn't apply. This is a court of law. This is the ultimate court of law. This is a Senate hearing where the government is going to determine whether this guy is guilty or not guilty he absolutely has the benefit of the doubt, 
if it's even 50-50 coming out of these hearings, he should be confirmed. Uh, although I, I then worry about what happens then. But you have people who are at the highest levels of our government who are purposely trying to pervert our constitution mm. in anti and un-American ways by saying that someone accused has to prove they didn't do it. Uh, that, the whole point of this American experiment was to get away from, in England, if you're accused of something, you have to prove you didn't do it. In Iran, they just chop off your hand. You don't even get a hearing, right? In North Korea, in China, in Jordan, in Saudi Arabia, you, you either have the burden of proving you didn't do it or you get incarcerated and then maybe 10 years later you get a trial. You don't get a phone call. You don't get a lawyer. You don't get a, you know, 20 minutes at the weight room every day. You don't get conjugal visits. The ACLU doesn't come visit you and try and re, you know, re, re-go over your case. The, the whole purpose of the American experiment was to not be those other countries. That the burden of proof when the government or an individual is going to accuse you of something, that they have to prove it and that you are innocent. And what we have seen so far because of the feckless Demo- of the Republicans who have done absolutely nothing to make the, Repu- make the, make the case that we're making here today um, are, are basically just shrugging their shoulders and going along with this. I mean, they're not, they're not fighting for men. How about fighting for men that are falsely accused? Yes, I agree. Let's fight for women that were sexually abused. Women who are raped, absolutely we should. If there's evidence, we should believe them if there's evidence. But there needs to be a police report. And I know that there's a lot of women who don't want to report for a lot of reasons, but we have a government system. And if you don't use that government system, in my view, you forfeit your right to cry about it later. Why do they even have these hearings in the first place? Well, it's a circus. It's just it's a, it's a show trial. That's that's number one. Right. Let's get rid of the hearings, right? Uh, public and, and just get rid of the cameras because and and why they say that this is a um, this is a job interview for the American people. Well, the American people aren't voting here. Right. It's for the Congress. Right. So do do your job and do it well and don't bother us. Number two. You're right. If this is if this really is the United States of America where you are innocent until proven guilty, why have this public charade today and destroy this guy's reputation for the rest of his life uh, if there's a chance that this is not true? Right. You shouldn't be doing this. Even this, is, if, this is highly unethical. Even if this is proven, if if tomorrow she shows up at a Senate hearing and breaks down and cries and says, I lied about the whole thing, I made it up. His life is still destroyed. You're still going to have yes. half the country is going to be running around calling him a rapist. Yeah. And, and so what we've done in this we, – we've basically become a Western European socialist country, not a capitalistic free country that we, that we were supposed to be. We have completely lost our culture. And I think what we're really starting to see is that campus culture, which was always isolated to campuses – where guys could be accused and thrown out of school even without a hearing and without even you know, being believed or, or even having mm. a chance to defend themselves has now seeped into the grown-up world. Mm. And we're now starting to see it among people who represent our government. I mean, it's, it's crazy. Paul, I, I don't... These are the same people that say you don't have an individual right to carry a gun to protect yourself even though it's in the Constitution, but you do have a right to an abortion which is not in the Constitution. They're completely deconstructing our Constitution and our way of life. And, and I, I, I know they think it's going to give them some liberal utopia, but look at Venezuela exactly. and, everywhere, and everywhere else it's been tried. 
It doesn't give you a utopia. It ends up in chaos. It ends up in the collapse of your country and your culture. And so I don't know. I don't know what to do with this nominee, Paul. I think we've got to withdraw him. I think. And I, I disagree. Think Trump's got to, okay, I yeah, disagree. Make your case. Well, my case is that he can't capitulate to this. And if he does, then what is this? What is this? What kind of precedent does this set? It's going to happen every single time a nominee is nominated. That's the Democrats don't like. What's interesting is that. See, oh, uh, just let me finish that thought for one second. Please side. do. The first George Bush won that battle right. with uh, Clarence Thomas. And they never got over it. If Trump wins this battle, maybe eventually they'll stop doing this. No, they'll just ramp it up and make it something else next time. Maybe. But maybe at, le- at least this they'll stop doing if, if, they, don't, if they don't get success from it. So I, I don't think that uh, Trump should give up on him. I just, I worry that... Unless, just- it's, unless it's absolutely true, then you've got to think about... All of those ramifications. But see, I still think I'm compartmentalizing, yeah. I know. But I still think even if it is true, yeah. look, if, 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 if this guy was sitting there and they said, um, there's an accusation for when you were in high school. And by the way, when you were in college, mm. an ex-girlfriend took a restraining order out against you. And uh, your first wife, when she divorced you in the divorce papers, says that you beat her or you tried to force her to have sex. I'd say, okay, there's a pattern of behavior here. But there is no pattern. Mm. No, no pattern whatsoever. Uh, uh, having, Especially having, as an adult, there's zero. There's right, nothing. Right. Not even a pattern. There's I don't, nothing. I don't know any people who sexually abuse women. I don't know any men that sexually abuse women who did it once. I don't know anybody that molested children who only did it once. I don't know any guy who mm. sexually groped a woman who only did it once. So to have this guy have an impeccable record in his adulthood... Even if this happened in high school, I think it's completely irrelevant. I don't even understand why we're talking about it other than the fact that the Democrats are panicking to death that they're going to lose the Supreme Court. It's all about power. Yeah, we all know that. Yeah. That's it. That's it. That's, a, that's it in a nutshell. It's all about that's power. The show? It's all about power. Yeah. And if they can get power by capitalizing on something that is extremely politically correct right now, and that is the Me Too movement, mm-hmm. if they can finagle people's uh, emotions and uh, get them stirred up, they'll do it. He should come out and say, um, that was my sexual lifestyle. Who? Uh, Kavanaugh, Kavanaugh come on and go, that was my sexual lifestyle. And yeah, you liberals, it was, you liberals it was an alternative all, lifestyle. Yeah, it was my alternative lifestyle. I like to grow up women. And you're yeah. not ever supposed to criticize anybody for their sexual lifestyle, right? So just say it's my sexual lifestyle. I, I'm joking, obviously. Unless it's done against somebody's consent. Right, right. Well, I mean, that, who, that who is knows? the that is the fundamental ethic of modern times. I go back to the Democrats want men who are supposed to be rapists that can't be believed because we're all a bunch of rapists, but it's okay for men to go into women's bathrooms. <laughs> that's that's the part I'm stuck on. They want men to go into women's bathrooms, but we're all a bunch of rapists. So how does that help? I, Democrats, I please know. somebody send me an email and tell me how that helps. <laughs> right? If you look at what the Democrats are advocating for, Everything they advocate for, everything they advocate for, is in direct contradiction to the last thing they advocated for. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, there's zero consistency with the left. I've noticed this for 40 years. It's unbelievable. There's Paul. no logic. There's no principle. It's zero consistency. So, it's, it's just a grab for So power, all Democrats like are up there talking about the Constitution and, uh, and, and, uh, and her rights, her rights as a victim. At the same time, they're saying you're guilty till proven innocent. So they mm. want to cherry pick the parts of the Constitution they like when it suits them. Then the rest of the Constitution, that's not quite important, Paul. The rest, all that other stuff was written by old white well, men, right? Here's, here's the question. It was all rich old white men. They probably all raped their wives too back then. Why are the Republicans allowing this to happen? I think they're Why afraid because they're, they're sissies. They are. 
They're sissies and they're afraid, and they don't want all of these people who are liars to come out and say, see, you advocate rape, and then turn it into something else. Yeah. I think they're afraid of the midterms. Yeah. I they're think afraid they of women. I think they are, too. And we should be afraid of women. We should be afraid of women. We've now created a culture where any woman can come yeah. out of the woodwork and destroy your life with an accusation with no evidence whatsoever. Used to be you needed evidence. Used to be you needed, you needed corroboration. In the old days, like, you know, 15 days ago. Yeah. In the old days. Them old days. Right? If someone was going to make an accusation against you, they needed evidence. I had somebody took out a restraining order against me very recently. We got into court. What she was saying was complete and total bull. The judge was buying into everything she said. And then at the end of the thing, my lawyer got up and said, but Your Honor, I'm looking at the statute and what she's accusing doesn't even meet the statute for a restraining order. Even if we believe everything she says, it doesn't meet the statute of what a restraining order is for. Mr. Duggan didn't contact her. Yeah. Well, but I said mean things about her on Facebook. I, I said mean uh. things about her on Facebook. She took a restraining order out against me saying she feared for her life. Wow. Was this recently? Yes, very recently. Wow. Like, like last week. <laughs> <laughs> right? After the show's over, you're going to have to tell me who this is. Yes. And it wasn't someone that I dated. It wasn't somebody right. that's in my life. It was somebody that I said mean things about on Facebook. Mm. And we went to court. And, and my lawyer just got up at the very end of her performance, crying, whining, all this other stuff, got up and said, even if everything she's saying is true, it doesn't meet the statute. See, that's what our, our system of laws is supposed to be about. We have laws, and there's supposed to be evidence to support those laws if you're going to make an accusation, and the accused is innocent until the person making the accusation can prove that they're not. She did not. And in, I'm sure many other cases, there are guys where it's 50-50, the judge always sides with the woman. In my case, it wasn't even 50-50, right? So I got lucky. Mm. I got lucky. But imagine guys out there that have an ex-girlfriend that's mad about the way they, about the way they, they broke up or is mad about the way that, they, that you know, maybe he cheated on her. Maybe he did horrible things to her. Now you can just make up any accusation you want. Mm. The guy's going for a job. He's running for office. Maybe the governor decides to mm. – listen, if, if Governor Baker calls me tomorrow – Governor Baker's a friend of mine. And I don't mind saying that even though most of my friends hate him. If Governor Baker <laughs> called me tomorrow and said, Tom, you wrote the state's public records law. Yeah. And I really appreciate all the hard work you put into that. I want to put a panel together of members of the press to look at all of the public records laws that we have and mm. maybe kind of go through them and see if we can't streamline some of these laws, make them better. Mm. The minute he appoints me to that job, there will be women coming out of the woodwork going, he pushed, he pushed me in the pool when I was five and he took my mm. ice cream cone when I was 10. It's, it's a sick culture that we're living in now where by accusation alone, people are supposed to, A, not ever supposed to work again, apparently, and B, have their complete lives destroyed. And by the way, you can do anything sexually perverted you want in this culture. In fact, it's, uh, it's sort of encouraged by the left to, to do so, mm -hmm. to express yourself in any perverted way you want. But if you allegedly say or do something that's a particular girl didn't like, your, your reputation could be destroyed. Right. And just on the accusation alone. Now, imagine you're a teacher yeah. and you work with kids. Or you're a cop. You've been on the force for... We had uh, Kevin Sledge. Remember Kevin Sledge? I know we're a little over, but um, Kevin Sledge was a Lawrence police officer who's accused of rape. Hmm. The woman who accused him of rape gets into court, couldn't remember what day it happened, couldn't remember what time it happened, couldn't remember where it happened, remembers she was in his car but didn't remember where they were parked, doesn't remember what day it was, doesn't remember wow. if it was daytime or nighttime. 
Uh, but she came forward with this accusation. Was she drunk? Maybe that was the she problem. May, she may have been. She may have been. I don't remember the detail on mm. that one. But I did follow the case. And at the end of the day, the judge admonished the detectives and the prosecutors for even bringing the case forward. Now, that was probably 12 years ago. All right? Today, he'd be out of a job. They'd take his gun and he'd be gone because she made the allegation. doesn't matter that there's no evidence. doesn't matter that there's all kinds of holes in his story. Now, unfortunately, someone else came forward on Kevin Sledge and claimed that he raped her. I suspect, and I hate to say this about law, any law enforcement uh, uh, personnel, but I suspect the detectives that worked that case were so pissed off mm. that they lost the first case that they went out looking for somebody else. And it's very easy to set somebody up on something like this. So I guess what I want to leave everybody with on this is, yes, we need to have empathy for people who have been truly raped and truly groped and truly sexually harassed, truly sexually, uh, actually not even sexually harassed, but sexually uh, assaulted. And men gotta get have to have to have their um, get their acts together to stop doing this kind of stuff. Yeah, but it's not just men. Do you know how many times I've Women been sexually? Do you know too. how many times I've been sexually groped? Like I, we could do a whole we could do a whole hour on the women that have sexually groped me. I, I would me. like to do that. I've never once cried myself to sleep because a woman yeah. grabbed my ass. <laughs> I have never once gone to the police department and filed a police book because some woman grabbed my package in a nightclub. <laughs> never. I've never done it. And if I find out that one of those people's running for office or is going to be a judge, I would never come forward to try to ruin their right, life right. over something so stupid. You're going to do a whole show on that one, Tom. <laughs> I'll be happy to do that if you want. All right. All right, we should. I might even bring some of them in. <laughs> they'll come in and they'll talk about how they sexually groped uh, me. Who the heck would want to sexually But I've never lost. I've never, I never cried myself to sleep. She touched my naughty place. I can't imagine. <laughs> I can't sleep now because he touched my abs. Yes, people who are genuinely victims we should have empathy for. But let's not forget that people lie and women are people. And men have been and are falsely accused. And we also need to have empathy for them. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you to our sponsors, Paul Morano, Ed Sullivan, the uh, the voice of Purgatory. Uh, we got Rich Russell showed up for us today. we got uh, Dave Garofalo, our fine, fine boss, and, uh, of course, and our, the voice of God. Our vast audience, vast studio audience. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.